students, staff, alumni, neighbors, friends. Welcome to the Because We're Lutheran podcast from Pacific Lutheran University. You don't have to be a Lutheran to listen, but we do hope by the end of these conversations, you'll think there's something pretty interesting, maybe even compelling, about Lutheran higher education. I'm University Pastor Jen Rood, and I'll be your host. Today on the podcast, we're talking with Mr. Alan Belton, Interim President of PLU, and Dr. Joanna Gregson, Provost of PLU, about PLU's Lutheran identity and their experiences serving in leadership. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. People probably know you most in your official and formal settings, so I thought that I'd start by sharing a few fun facts about each of you that people might not know. So, Alan, you come from a very large extended family. You are the youngest of eight, and your mom is one of 22. That's right. So lots of nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles. Yes. We don't come from a family tree. We come from a family forest. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Also, Alan is very crafty, not in the sly sense, <laughs> uh, but in terms of sewing and baking, landscaping, and remodeling. That's right. That's a good fact to know. I made my own wedding cake. You made your own wedding cake. Yeah. I love it. Joanna, you were first on the PLU campus as a fourth grader at soccer camp. That's correct. I love it. And you stayed in one of the residence halls, which no longer is around. And also, PLU is not only the only university you've ever worked for, but it's the only one you applied to. Yes, it is. I recognize that that is highly unusual, and I was really lucky. Yeah. And this job came after your childhood occupational dreams of becoming a doctor and a cocktail waitress. Correct. Yeah. So, very appropriate to talk about those things as we talk about vocation today. Yes. <laughs> so while people probably know what a president is, maybe, um, not so much what a provost is, can you each share a little bit about your role at PLU? Maybe like a couple key words or phrases? Acting. So I'm not a real president. I play one on campus. Great. Uh, and when I'm not acting as president, I'm uh, in charge of operations and finance. The numbers guy. The numbers guy. Excellent. I have to answer the question probably on a daily basis about what a mm. provost is, not just on campus, but also at home or at the dentist or wherever. Frankly, usually I say I'm a professor. And then if people ask questions about that, then I'll explain a little bit more about the administrative work I do. I still think in my DNA I'm a professor, that that is at the heart of what I do. It's I'm engaged with the enterprise of teaching and learning. But as provost, I'm the chief academic officer. So I'm the person who leads the academic division. Mm -hmm. But I think at my heart, I'm still and always will be a faculty member. So you're Great. the uber professor. Yeah. Uber professor. I like that. Could you get that on your business cards, please? <laughs> so I'm curious if each of you might share a little bit about your own faith tradition or background or practices as a starting point for our conversation today. Sure. Do you want to start with me? Yes, Alan. So I grew up in central Washington and um, in the Yakima Valley which uh, when I was a kid was a very hippy-dippy place, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So my um, church background, my mother uh, was a person of faith her entire life, and my father really didn't. It just wasn't his thing. And so typically church involved me and my mom going together. So, um, you know, I grew up in a fairly liberal church that over time became very conservative and kind of drifted away in college and then ended up coming back into the faith in um, the United Church of Christ, which was a very welcoming and progressive place. Mm -hmm. So that uh, Melinda and I are both members of the UCC. Great. Thank you. How about you, Joanna? So my faith tradition is 
highly influenced by my parents. My mom grew up in Southern California on a little place called Catalina Island. And they went to Sunday school, my mom and her sister. And she has always explained it to my siblings and me as part of community formation, that they Mm -hmm. attended Sunday school because everybody did. And that's how you got to know your neighbors and you learned what was happening in the community. It was how they took care of each other. So that was her understanding of faith. And then that became our understanding. My dad, on the other hand, came from a working class English background, and they did not have a faith tradition at all. In fact, I think they eschewed anything related to faith. And when they immigrated to the U.S., it was perplexing for him, I think, and for his family to see that that faith could be a way of bringing communities together. So for my siblings and me, we grew up with these parents who both had really different experiences with faith. And the result was we, we did talk about faith a lot in our family, but our parents really encouraged us to find our own path. Mm-hmm. And I think the result is that my siblings and me, all we think about faith as something that people experience differently. Mm-hmm. And that at the heart of what matters to all of us is community, that we like the opportunities faith provides for people to come together. So in terms of my own faith background, I would say it's um, not deeply steeped in any particular religious tradition. Mm -hmm. My family celebrates Christmas and we celebrate Easter. We celebrate them, I don't know if it would be appropriate to say in a secular way, because there are some values that overlap with many Christian traditions, but we it's probably more appropriate to say we separate, we celebrate them in an interfaith way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank cool. you both. Yeah. So we talk a lot about our Lutheran identity as a university, which doesn't actually mean we're all Lutherans. So I appreciate you both talking about your diverse perspectives. And although we have fewer Lutheran-identified students and staff and faculty than we did decades ago, our rootedness as an institution of Lutheran higher education seems to be as relevant as ever. So in working at PLU, how has your understanding of PLU's Lutheran identity grown? Hmm. Wow. Do you want to start? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to start. I'm pointing at myself because I have conversations about my evolving understanding of and appreciation for Lutheran higher education every single day in this Mm -hmm. role as provost. So one of the things I do as provost is meet with candidates for tenure track Mm -hmm. faculty positions. And I am aware of the responsibility of that as both serving as an ambassador for the university and also evaluating candidates. And an anecdote I have shared with every candidate I meet is that when I interviewed at PLU in 1998, one of the faculty members that I met with told me to, quote, ignore our middle name, Hmm. ignore Hmm. the word Lutheran. And in all seriousness, I will say that worked for me at the time Mm -hmm. because that was the part about working at PLU about which I felt the most uncertain. Mm. So it worked for me and it calmed me down. And he said, focus on Pacific. This is a regional university. We serve our our region and focus on university. We're here to educate students. And like I said, that worked for me at the time. 20 years later, and this is what I tell candidates, I cannot believe somebody said that to me because I think our middle name is the thing that most makes us the most distinct. The other words are important. Our regional location matters, the fact that we're here to educate Mm. students. But I think the thing that makes us most distinct is our middle name. And my evolution in understanding that has been, I I can see it when I look back at the self-assessments I write every year. 
chronicling my activities at the university that I increasingly use words like vocation and my role in supporting students in following their vocational journeys, or when I talk about the, um, the core elements of Lutheran higher education that weren't here in my 1998 and early 2000 self-assessments, but they are like they're the cornerstones of what I write about now when I write about my work. So it has evolved from something I didn't want to talk about to something that is the, f the first thing I talk about. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Wow. How mine, about you, Alan? Mine won't be nearly as powerful. <laughs> so <laughs> my experience is very different. You know, I've only been here three years, but um, I can say, and I'm probably a good test case, I married a non-Lutheran lute. And yeah. prior to marrying Melinda, I really didn't know anything about PLU. So having grown up in the state of Washington, but on the other side of the mountains, you really didn't hear so much about the private colleges, especially when you come from a farming community. Um, knew nothing about PLU heard the name Lutheran in the middle of the name when I did hear about the school, when I found out that's where Melinda graduated from, didn't think anything of it. But what I did know was the type of person that she was, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's really been interesting for me is kind of making that discovery, did she choose PLU because of the kind of place it is, or did PLU make her the kind of person that she is? Oh, good question. Right? And I would argue, having been here three years, that what has really grown in my understanding of Luther the Lutheran identity is that it's both that we do attract um, really like smart and thoughtful and respectful people um, and people who want to share ideas and who want to feel welcomed. Um, but we also em kind of embolden that while they're here so that when they go out in the community, they reflect that identity as well. And I see that in her every single day. So, Alan, you sound like a Lutheran theologian. <laughs> the both and. The both and, the both exactly. And. Yeah. 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 Is that one of your favorite parts about the Lutheran identity, this both and piece? Or do you have another sort of... I, you know, I do. And I, you, you might imagine I get asked a lot um, about what it means. In fact, I've had um, prospective parents and students in my office and challenging me on kind of the perspective you had 20 years ago. Uh -huh. I've had a student say I'm a little concerned about the middle name. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, th that was the first week on the job as acting president, by the way. Welcome. Right? Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I'm sitting in my old office trying to answer that question. And it kind of came naturally. So... Um, what's really in interesting is that no matter how somebody, prospective, existing, who wants to work here, wants to come here, asks the question or has a concern, there is always a link to one of the tenets of Lutheran higher ed. There is always a link yes. that makes mm -hmm. it easy to answer the question. I would say that more often than not, my fallback in my answer is about vocation, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is, it is something that registers with every age group, every cultural background, that you want to be able to leave a university setting with the knowledge that you found how your skills match up with the world, right? The mm -hmm. world's need. Yep. That, that is easy to talk about. I will say it's not my favorite. And when I, when I was looking to leave corporate America and was considering multiple jobs, I did a lot of research before actually applying uh, to PLU. The thing, um, there's a really great summary on our website, right? That a lot of work went into, um, but it was the intrinsic value of the whole creation was the thing that oh. actually attracted me to this place. Okay. And it was that concept that um, you can't claim superiority over anybody based on their color, their creed, their religious background, their social standing, um, that we're all equal. And I that is what, when I came here, that's what I fell in love with, mm -hmm. is the welcoming nature of this place. Not only of all human beings, but of the whole creation, the whole right? Creation. It's beyond, yeah. Yes, it's beyond us, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Joanna, how about you? Do you have a, um, what feels most, most, most Lutheran to you about PLU? Or do you have a favorite kind of go-to Lutheran identity piece that you talk about with people? 
The piece I usually point to is the service piece, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. serving each other, our communities, the earth. That really, really resonates with me. Like Alan, when I look at the core elements of Lutheran higher education on our website, which I swear every day I refer somebody to that <laughs> to site, it, yeah. and every candidate I interview for a tenure track job, I that's kind of my litmus test. If, yes, is if I ask if they've looked at that yet, mm -hmm. um, and if they haven't, I don't judge them, but <laughs> I enjoy it when they write down the URL and mm -hmm. ask if they can see more about it. Um, anyway, back to my my favorite. The piece that resonates most strongly with me is the part about service, serving the community, serving others. Although, again, the more steeped I become in the tenets and core values of Lutheran higher education, the more I think about really every every piece, um, critical questioning, freedom of expression, caring for the whole person, the, the liberating foundation of liberal arts. All of those things underscore what's important about what we do here. Mm -hmm. I love the sense that we're not just um, being educated or educating so that you're interesting or so that you feel really smart, but it's for something. Right. It's for the whole creation. It's for yep. the neighbor. Right. It's for living a life of meaning and purpose, which I think all of the tenants really yeah. coalesce around. And it reminds me of what Alan said at the outset about vocation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. What are we doing this for? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. And those are the questions people... Yeah of all different kinds are asking, yeah. what are we doing this for? Right, yeah. Not just education, but what is life for? What is mm -hmm. right. what is the meaning of my particular life? Yeah. It's really interesting. We'll actually, just a side note, um, the fall conference is coming up for the university. That's going to actually be the main topic, is what is our vocation as an institution? Mm -hmm. What is PLU's vocation? And right. how does the individual contribute to that? Because it's not just about individuals, right. right? Communities have yeah, vocations. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you hope PLU's Lutheran identity shapes students mm -hmm. and faculty and staff? I'll start. <laughs> I don't think we have to hope. Oh, I think yeah. we see it every day. Mm -hmm. So you see it, you know, I mentioned earlier, it's the, it's the chicken and egg. Do we attract that kind of student and do we attract that kind of faculty and staff here or do we create them? And, and again, I think it's both. But you see these, these really thoughtful um, and respectful people choosing this place. And they come here, they learn, they teach, they work, they graduate, they go out into the world, and then they reflect that identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one, I think one of the most intriguing things about this role as president is what you hear in the community. So I'll just give you a couple of examples. Um, I've, I've been involved with a number of healthcare institutions. I've been on boards um, for Franciscan Health here in the Sound. And um, when I talk to, you know, the head of nursing, for Franciscan hospitals, now the largest system in, in Puget Sound. And they tell me when they hire a nurse and they say, peel you next to the name, they know they've got a great nurse. Mm. And they don't say that about other institutions. Wow. And what they're reflecting when you ask and you dig a little deeper is that it's not that they've learned the skills. It's that they've, they, they come out with the skills, but they have that caring nature that is a guarantee. They just know they're going to get an individual that's doing the job for the right reason. The other example I give is I, I just uh, recently, like two weeks ago, had a conversation with an alum, a very, a very successful alum from the School of Business in Seattle. And we found kind of a, a connection that we didn't know existed and that he created a company years ago that I then partnered with in my corporate banking career. Um, but what was really interesting is we dug into the story and I found out why he created that company. He created it because the original company that he went to work for, which he loved and put his blood, sweat, and tears into, at some point, an event caused him to realize that it wasn't a very moral company. So he actually left a company because of the way it treated a customer 
and started his own company, which I then later in life chose to partner with because it was the only ethical version of that institution I could find in Seattle. So again, it's a reflection of the, the type of people that choose this place and are created from this place. You know they're going to go out and make a difference. They're going to care about the whole. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. And I would add to that that I, I do have a hope. I, I agree that it's there. It's there. My hope is that we continue to recognize that the reason why it's there is because of this rootedness in Lutheran higher ed. Mm -hmm. um, because I think to a person, faculty, staff, and students can recognize some of the things that make PLU special. You hear people's different versions of this, right? We care for each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's about the relationships. We don't work here for the money. We work <laughs> here for the people. It's, it's about this mission of caring for each other. My hope is that we recognize that that's not accidental. Yes. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> right. It is rooted in our Lutheran identity mm -hmm. that this happens this way. That's what I think would be really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. I feel like I have conversations about that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, this didn't just all magically come together. Yeah. It's curated. It's, it's intentional. It, the framework is intentional, and it's rooted in, in these values mm -hmm. of Lutheran higher education. So that's some of the hopes you have for faculty, mm -hmm. staff, and students. What about how has... Um, PLU's Lutheran identity shaped you as an individual? Hmm. Well, I, I would say, interestingly, it's allowed me to be who I really am. Hmm. And that's uh, when you get to, you know, <clears throat> 52, um, it's unusual to think that you've spent your entire life in a profession, in a vocation that you thought was what you were meant to do, and you discover it's really not. And there was a mismatch between the person I am Right. I believe I, I hope there's confirmation that I'm a genuine individual. Mm -hmm. um, I like to speak the truth um, and I do care. Um, and that's not typically um, the types of qualities you hear about corporate bankers. Let's be honest. Right. So uh, I've actually kind of come out of my leadership shell, if you will, mm -hmm. at PLU, because that genuineness of leadership and that caring for people is actually welcomed and encouraged here. So I, I find it really interesting that I've kind of blossomed yeah. um, from that perspective at you know, at age 50 plus, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a gift you don't, not too many people get. And I would agree with that from my personal experience. And I've been here longer. This is starting my 21st year. And over the years, as, as I've sort of compared notes with faculty colleagues at other universities, as we talk about, you know, how we spend our days, mm -hmm. what we do on a day-to-day -day basis in our jobs. And I often share stories of students coming into my office and asking questions about their future or sharing stories about things that are hard in their lives right now. And I have friends at other institutions who just marvel at the opportunities I have here, mm -hmm. but also sort of wonder why I would want to do it, because mm -hmm. that's not research and it's not creating papers. But it's the only way, not only the only way I know how to be a faculty member, but the only way I want to be. Mm -hmm. So at an institution that values care and the whole person, I feel not only empowered to have those conversations with students, but also encouraged to and valued for mm -hmm. doing so. So it's allowed me to be the kind of faculty member I want to be and also to pursue my own vocational journey, right? That I've, when I think of the different paths that I've gone down in 20 years at PLU, I certainly never anticipated I would um, dabble in the dark side here <laughs> <laughs> with administration. Um, but it's, it's because of this place that nurtures in all of us. Like, let's keep learning. Let's keep yeah. thinking. Let's keep asking questions. And when you have that as your practice, when you have that as your ethos, 
who knows what could happen. Mm-hmm. The whole self is welcome and accepted yes. and yeah. continuing to open, like you said, blossom. Yeah. Alan, there's room for growth room and for growth. learning. Room for yeah. growth. Mm-hmm. Well, and Joanna, who is obviously much better at words than I am because of her great liberal arts education <laughs> and as a professor, <laughs> uber professor, um, but she used the word value. And that, to me, if I had to put uh, a, a name to the difference between um, being successful in my other career and being successful here, it's that the qualities of honesty and openness and caring are valued. Mm-hmm. And that, boy, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alan, you're notorious for ending emails or talks with because the world needs more loots. That's right. Can you each talk about why does the world need more loots? You want to start this one? I'm curious to hear what other people think of that tagline. <laughs> Every time I read that tagline, I stop and think, <laughs> which I think is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? That's Words should make us think. Yep. So what, what I think when I read that tagline is which parts of being a loot does that mean? Mm-hmm. And... What difference would it make? And I mean that not in a sarcastic or yep. <laughs> right, irreverent way. I mean that in the best possible way. What difference would that make? Wow. Um, because what I think that statement means is people who will ask questions will have compassionate curiosity for one another, mm-hmm. um, will want to learn from one another, will care deeply for us, each other, for the communities, for the earth. And we need that. Mm-hmm. We don't just need that now. We need that always. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, the, the statement makes me think not just how, how would that look in kind of an idealistic, hopeful way, but also how can we make that happen? That's great. Um, I'm not usually intentional about such things, <laughs> um, but I was. So I don't, okay. I don't know if anybody noticed that the first time I used that was in on the first day on the job as acting president. I sent a communication out to the mm-hmm. university. And that was at the bottom. And for once in my life, I was actually very intentional about thinking, how do I sign off? Because, you know, I don't give that much thought. And I thought, well, why, am, why did I agree to do this job? I agreed to do the job because the world needs more loots. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is turn on the 6 o'clock news or read a newspaper or, heaven forbid, read the latest tweet mm-hmm. and know why the world needs more loots for all the reasons Joanna described. But also because when you hear that, you do think to yourself, what are the qualities mm-hmm. of a loot that requires that we have more people like that mm-hmm. on this wor- in, in this world. So um, I mean it. I'm, it was very intentional, mm-hmm. and I love to hear other people's interpretations mm-hmm. of, of that. And I, I will continue to use that phrase for some time. Now, selfishly, I also say the world needs more loot because, again, I'm married to a great loot. <laughs> and so I know what it means. I mean, I know the impact that can have on lives. And so um, I give a little plug to Melinda there. <laughs> yes, we do love Melinda, <laughs> ideally. Yeah. Um, I'm entering my third year here as university pastor, so I've had two graduations. Mm-hmm. And I find my heart just really sad to see some of these amazing students go, and mm-hmm. both and. I feel like um, so excited that these are people who are in the world doing the things that yeah. they're doing, yes. living their vocation, asking those questions, being whole people, encouraging that in others. And so I find this... Um, this yeah, this hope yes. for what could be because we're sending these people out in the world. So it's why I think the bookend events we have are so meaningful yeah. uh-huh. because convocation means here we go. Here's our opportunity right. to teach more students to be lutes, mm-hmm. and then commencement at the other end of that is here we go. Here we go. Yeah. We're yeah. setting them out into the world. Yeah, yeah. they're both the really rich, meaningful benchmarking occasions. 
Thank you both for your leadership and for taking time to be thoughtful about um, the why and the how of what you're doing, the values that you're steeped in at PLU, and you're just a delight. So thank you for spending time today. Right back at you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. This has been another episode of Because We're Lutheran. Thanks for listening. 